Amen. Well, if you want to find in the Trinity hymnal toward the back, uh, the catechism section, I believe it's about page 840s. And uh, Miss Hannah is passing out a, a note sheet for our young adults and big kids if they want it. Big adults, kids at heart. We have a lot of kids at heart here in this church. I'm learning. It's a good thing. And so if you find with me that we're on question nine of the catechism, uh, what is the work of creation? Does someone have the page number who found that? 870. 870. Okay. Page 870. Um, we took a break in uh, December um, leading up to Advent, but we're back here in our catechism study and uh, the, next, the next couple questions will deal with creation um, and God's role in it and what that means uh, for us as human beings. Uh, so tonight, let me read the question, number nine, and then uh, answer with me. Uh, so we'll respond together with the answer. What is the work of creation? The work of creation is God's making all things of nothing by the word of his power in the space of six days and all very good. Okay, and our key passage you will know by heart, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? It just comes right off the tongue as we, as we think about that verse. And so as we think about God as a creator, I was thinking of my daughter, uh, Rowan. We got her Legos this year. Um, did anyone else get any Legos in their Christmas? Nice, lovey, good. Um, adults can get Legos, too. And um, it, it just watching her with them, it, it just being creative and putting the blocks together and running out and showing us each little creation she makes. Um, on the one hand, it, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a picture of, of the image of God in her, uh, even in uh, her little mind that wants to create. I think God has made her that way, has made human beings that way. And yet we, we know that the way that she creates is very different than the way that God creates, right? Um, and so... Uh, she beautifully pictures an aspect of who God is. Uh, but whereas, you know, she takes blocks that are already made and, and puts them together in, in new sort of creative ways, what we see is when God comes to create everything, he doesn't do it that way. Uh, he doesn't sort of take some materials from over here and, and get the, the blue blocks here for the, the water and, and, and the brown blocks for the earth and sort of shape it in such a way. Uh, but he creates in a way that no other being uh, creates. As we're going to see, he creates out of nothing. Uh, and that sets him apart uh, as God, uh, and, and we are not. To use that same block metaphor, as we look through these, uh, just these couple phrases in this very, very densely packed answer to question nine, uh, we could spend a lot of time on each of these. Uh, these give us, as it were, uh, some basic building blocks, uh, foundational building blocks of our understanding of who God is and who we are. Um, uh, the Bible intentionally starts here uh, with God's work of creation uh, to set apart the fact that he is God and we are not. Um, most of the trouble we get into uh, is when we forget that he is God and we are not, that he is creator and we are creatures. And so let's look at each of these phrases uh, very briefly and, and just get this foundational picture of, um, of what the Bible teaches us and what this catechism question is trying to summarize for us. 
And so we're, we're going to see very briefly that God created. We're going to see that God created out of nothing. We're going to see that he created by the word of his power in the space of six days, and he created everything good. And so number one, God created, right? Those very first words of the Bible, in the beginning, God, right? In the beginning, God. It, it, immediately, the Bible tells us who the story is about, right? Um, it's about us in a, a derivative way in the sense that God loves us and we're his people, and it's the story of him rescuing his people. But uh, fundamentally, uh, the Bible is about God, and God is creator. And you could start to see why these are fundamental building blocks, right? Because um, what if, just thought experiment, what if everything we know of God was true except this one thing? He didn't create everything, but he showed up, and then he sort of just did all the things that we know about God. Would that work? Or would we lose something? Uh, right? If it was in the beginning was something else, <laughs> uh, but then God took over, and, and he does a great job managing. <laughs> no, it, it needs to be in the beginning God. Uh, otherwise, uh, there would be something else above God, or God would be subject to something else, whether inanimate or living or otherwise. Uh, and so from the very beginning, uh, it, the book of Genesis wants us to know who God is as creator. Um, and again, this creator-creature distinction becomes so uh, key. You think of you know, Romans 9 and the metaphor of the, of the potter with the clay. Uh, you know, when Rowan's playing with her Legos, the Legos can't look up at Rowan and say, no, 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 I don't want to be um, a, a monkey tower. That's what she was building today. Um, uh, and, and in the same way, God has absolute prerogative over his creation, um, which is a wonderful news for us who love God. And so God created, that's the first thing. And God created in a certain way. He created out of nothing. He created out of nothing. Uh, the, the fancy term we use is ex nihilo. This is implied in Genesis 1.1. It doesn't say it explicitly, but just it sort of assumes in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, when we read those lines, uh, we're just meant to think, oh, God is the first thing, even though he's before time. <laughs> but God shows up first and he creates. There isn't some creation there and then God comes and, and forms it. Um, God creates out of nothing. Um, other scriptures that we point to, Hebrews 11.3. Uh, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And again, with each of these, why would, why would this be a fundamental building block, right? The first one's probably easier. God created, someone else didn't create. But why would it be fundamental that God created out of nothing, right? Uh, what if, for instance, it's, it was different. What if uh, there was uh, infinite matter that was already there, sort of compressed into an infinitely small space? Um, is this sounding familiar? Um, and, and at some point, that matter expanded. Now, I remember growing up in public school and, and hearing that, and it, in my head, I was like, that actually sounds kind of familiar. I mean, there was n- sort of nothing, and then there was everything. And, um, but, it, it, again, it, 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 what would we lose if sort of matter just existed at some point, and then God showed up and decided to do something with it, right? Um, or what if there was just an eternal universe uh, that always existed, and then God showed up, or maybe God always existed too. I uh, know the Bible presents God as as the only eternally existing 
being uh, before time. He created time. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, no other being has created time, and, and, and God has done this. Uh, and so God creates out of nothing. Um, and, and how does he do it? Again, we, we start to see how different God is than any other being because he creates by the word of his power, by the word of his power. Psalm 33 tells us, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. Right When we're saying, in this case, heavens and their hosts, meaning the night sky and, and every star and planet that you see, uh, by the word, uh, by the breath of his mouth, all the stars were created. Can we fathom that? Uh, he gathers the waters and the seas as a heap, and he puts them in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Uh, for he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Uh, Psalm 33 is sort of worshiping, celebrating this aspect of who God is um, that makes him unlike us in every way. Even if you're in a position of authority with, with your children or you're a boss or there's people under you, you know that no matter how much authority you have, it, your word doesn't make things happen <laughs> in such a direct way. Um, there's, there's always uh, uh, some uh, something being lost in translation, <laughs> Uh, it, it never happens exactly the way that you would say. Uh, and even then, you're just sort of commanding and a person does it, but God speaks and stars appear. And this is who God is. And so Isaiah forty-eight thirteen says, My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. And we, we know from Hebrews 1 that he not only created by the word of his power, but he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And we can't help then but think of Jesus himself, who is called the Word of God. Uh, John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, isn't this amazing that Jesus, eternally existing, that eternally the Son, uh, with the Father and the Spirit in the beginning, nothing was made. Uh, except through him. Uh, and he is, he is called then the, the word of God. And Hebrews will say God has spoken to us as in these last days through his son. And, it, it, and then when you think of Jesus and his nature, remember the, the calming of the storm. As, uh, as they say, Master, Master, we're perishing. And, and he wakes up and uh, presumably rubs his eyes and rebukes the sea and it ceases. And they say, who then is this? that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. Right? Well, one answer we could give is this is he who made everything. So, of course, they would obey him. Uh, we have that beautiful hymn that talks about the, the wind and the waves remembering his voice because <laughs> uh, it's the same voice that created them. So, of course, Jesus has the prerogative uh, to tell the winds to stop, and they stop. And so he created by the word of his power, and next, he created in the space of six days, in the space of six days. Uh, and, of course, we start to think of those initial days of creation that Genesis gives us, the morning and evening, uh, God saying it is good, uh, all the way up to human beings being created and him saying it is very good, and then God resting and setting a pattern for us. Uh, this has become the rhythm for human beings since then. 
although it shifted to the first day of the week for us in Christ. Um, now, the days of creation. Um, we can settle any debates in the next three minutes. Um, but uh, what I want to focus on here, we'll spend more time in the future, Lord willing, digging into some of the questions we have. Uh, the days of creation, how do we uh, take in scientific evidence, uh, how old is the earth, uh, those kinds of questions are, are good questions for us to wrestle with. We start with scripture um, and, and let that inform all of those answers. For here, let's look at those fundamental building blocks. We've seen that God created. We've seen that he created directly by the word of his power. We've seen that he created out of nothing. And here, this question in the space of six days starts to get at this fundamental issue of, of this being a historical account, that God actually created Adam and Eve. They were actual people, uh, and we have all descended from them. Um, we start to see where the gospel doesn't work without this truth. Um, in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty two, it says, As in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. And Romans 5.19 is a similar text. Uh, we see that Paul is, is assuming uh, the biblical truth that Adam really was the first parent of all mankind. Uh, when Adam fell, we all fell in him. And Christ is the new Adam, right? If you sort of take out the first Adam and say it was just sort of an idea of humanity or, um, you know, yes, Jesus is descended from humanity, maybe not like all the way back to the first human, you can start to see where the gospel starts to fall apart because the New Testament authors, including the genealogies, right, uh, trace from Adam to Christ. And, and this is so important because um, he had to become like his brothers in every way except sin. Uh, if, it was, if it was Adam, man, humanity that sinned, uh, it was humanity that had to pay the price for that sin, which is what Jesus did on the cross. And, and so Jesus is descended from Adam and we see this right in Genesis 3.15, where we see the gospel spring forth sort of in this seed form, we say. Even as God is cursing the earth, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. As God speaks to the serpent, he makes this promise that there will be a, a seed from Adam and Eve who will crush the head of the serpent. And so the Bible puts forth for us um, a historical account of Adam and Eve leading all the way to Christ who would come and die for his people. Uh, now, again, we have other good questions, and, 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 and certainly in, in this church we don't want to have a sense of take your questions and just tuck them away and, and don't think about them. There's other good times that we could wrestle with them. In fact, my first introduction to Trinity uh, was actually, other than Brian Martin going here, um, I knew Steve Johnson a little bit, uh, but we got together a few years back, I don't remember how many years back, and did a question and answer night, uh, sort of with some of the youth and, and adults here and some of the youth in my youth ministry, and it was on the days, of, not just the days, but on creation and, and questions people had, and it was a really fruitful night, um, and so maybe we'll do something like that, uh, you know, Steve and I could dust out the old notes on that, um, but that's how I got to know Steve really well. Um, and so it was a joy to be able to study these things. But what we see here is, it, 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 after everything we've seen, we come to the very last part, that God created everything good. Genesis one thirty one, and God saw everything that he had, ma he had made, and behold, it was very good. 
and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now we're going to think of the implications of this in the weeks to come, especially humanity being created good uh, first. Uh, But just right here at the beginning, just two implications. One is that this means that um, matter and physical stuff is not evil in and of itself. Uh, So uh, when uh, the Bible doesn't present a dichotomy of there are spiritual things and then there are physical things, and only the spiritual things are what matter. Uh, No, in the very beginning, God created dirt and water and flesh, and he said this is very good. And where are we heading in the new heavens and the new earth? Uh, We're heading to a new heavens and a new earth. There will be dirt and water and flesh uh, redeemed, no sin, (laughs) no deterioration. In fact, better than Eden. We're going to look at a verse in just a moment to close out um, from the book of Revelation. But uh, this is so important for us because throughout church history, it's been so easy uh, for us to think of physical things as bad and spiritual things as good. Uh, But that's just not the picture of um, that we have in scripture number two sin was not there from the beginning Uh, sin enters the scene god is not the author of sin and so it's it's important to have this foundational building block that he made everything good uh, and then sin enters the scene and that's when uh, the curse comes uh, and that's when uh, christ comes to die in the place of his people and so these are just two implications there's so many more uh, as we think about this Uh, but but let's think about it the in, in one sense, the Bible starts in a garden and it ends in a garden. Um, but I remember growing up, it, it was almost presented to me as Christ came to, to bring us to heaven and one day we'll sort of go back to the Garden of Eden. And that would be good enough. I mean, that would be amazing. But it's better than that. Um, the new heavens and the new earth are better than the Garden of Eden. He, listen, you know these verses well, but uh, let me close us with, uh, with this, then I saw the new, a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Isn't that an amazing hope uh, that we have? Uh, God, it, it would almost be enough if he was just, just restoring it back to what it was, but so much more as he comes to dwell with his people, as he wipes away every tear, uh, as we have fellowship with Christ and the Father and the Spirit through all of eternity in this new heavens and this new earth as we get to be with the very God who created us. Now, this is the good news of the gospel for us. Let me pray for us. And God, we thank you for your word that it reminds us who you are. God, would you be set apart in our hearts as our creator, as our Lord, as our master, as our God, uh, so that even this week we could uh, live uh, before uh, your face, before the face of God, humbled in your presence, empowered by your spirit, uh, serving Christ always. I pray that you'd help us to do that this week. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.